I feel like talking about James chapter 1. Amen. Amen. James chapter 1. Amen. And I want to I want to look at a few things. I just want to look at a few things. I want to prepare you for the summer. How about that? I want to prepare you for the summer. I'm just going to talk about preparation for the summer. Amen. And not just the summer physically, but the summer in your life. Amen. Because just like life, seasons change. <clears throat> Amen. And it seems to me that sometimes the moment you have your breakthrough, Amen. You've you've had a season where things have been going good. How many think how many can say things have been going good? Amen. 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 And then all of a sudden, Amen. I'll tell you a story in a minute. All of a sudden, life throws you a curveball. Amen. Something you didn't expect. Something that you thought, amen, you could handle, but all of a sudden you started to break, you start to break down under the pressure. Amen. I want to show you how to handle that. Amen. Amen. So um, if you go to James, I'm going to look at James chapter one, just two verses, verses one and two um, may get to three, may get to three. Amen. So James says, uh, so I want to show you how to handle the summers of your life, how to handle those periods where things are hot, amen, where life seems to be heating up. You've been through the winter. Have you ever noticed that the fall and the winter of life, you can handle things just a little bit better than you would when it heats up? You ever notice that? Like when the summer comes, it seems like everything and everything, amen, seems like it breaks. Anybody with me? Amen. It seems like the corrosion and uh, amen. It seems like the wear and tear of life starts showing up, the results of the wear and tear. Amen. I believe it's because during the winter time and the fall time, we, we're not really engaged in a whole lot of warfare. Amen. Some of us are, but I believe that when the heat gets turned up, amen, I believe that's when you get to see what really needs fixing. Oh, I wish I had somebody in your life. We were on Martha's Vineyard and we were coming back on this, uh, on, on Friday. And there was a gentleman who had his golf clubs and he had his suitcase and he was rushing to get on the ferry back over to Cape Cod. And I asked, I said, oh man, how was your golf game? He said, man, I had to cut it short. My wife just got rushed to the hospital. I'm over on this island. There's 25 of us. And I, it, it's an emergency. And I had to pack up my stuff. I couldn't play. And, I, and they admitted her to the hospital. I had five kids, five little kids. And he says one word that really helped me. He says, you know, but life will throw us curveballs. And I started to think about that. Amen. Anybody ever had a curveball thrown at you in life recently? Amen. Where you just, you were expecting one thing, but it came a different way. Well, in our, in, in the book of James, first of all, James is written to believers. Amen. Jewish believers. Amen. James is written at a time where there, the heat had been turned up for believers, right? They were, pers they were suffering persecution. They were suffering in such a way that they couldn't understand what was going on. 
But if you look at the first verse, first verse, it says, before we move past the comma, what do we have? James. Now, whenever you read a book in, in scripture, whenever you read a Bible, uh, a particular book in scripture, what you want to do is you always want to find out who the writer is. Now, James here is the half brother of Jesus Christ. But the interesting thing about James is that James did not believe in Jesus until he was resurrected from the dead. I wish I had somebody. Tell your neighbor the danger of familiarity. There's a dangerous thing to live around people, amen, and they're telling you about Jesus and they're telling you to trust God, but yet you don't really believe them. You see God working in their lives, but yet, amen, our unbelief can sometimes cause us, amen, not to believe in the testimonies that we see around us. Can I help you with something? The testimonies around us should give us hope that what God did for you, y'all better come on and help me this morning. Amen. He can do for me. And if you testified, the young uh, sister Mitchell testified last week about how God wiped out a $10,000 bill, medical bill. That's hope for me. Amen. And so James, who didn't really believe in Jesus, amen, who did not, no, not really. He didn't believe in Jesus until Jesus resurrection. But here's the beautiful thing. Jesus went straight to James before, after he resurrected and he accepted him as his Lord and Savior. Now, James now becomes the leader of the church. And now as the leader of the church, he is going through a series of persecutions. So look what it says next. He says, before he goes on to saying anything else, look what he says next. He says, James, a what? Bondservant. Amen. Bondservant of who? Of God. Now, James, who was an unbeliever, who was a doubter, now he says, I am a slave to God. In other words, he's saying that word bondservant means doulos, and that word has the idea not only of a slave, but a servant. And I want to help somebody with something today. The moment you start going through and when the heat shows up in your life and the summer starts coming, don't you stop serving God. That's the first point if I want to give you a point. Amen. Never allow the heat to change you. Never allow the persecution, amen, to cause you to feel like you can't serve God anymore because this happened to you, because that happened to you. But you know what? The test of our servitude is found when we're going through some of the greatest trials. Oh, I wish I had somebody in our lives. Because oftentimes when the test shows up, amen, we sometimes fall apart because the enemy wants us to forget all the things that we've been doing in the kingdom of God. And he wants us to focus on the situation that we're going through. Don't you spend too much time looking at the test. Amen. You got to study for the test. You with me? He says, he says, James, not only is he a bond servant, and I want to say this, if you're going to handle the summers of life, you have to continue to serve in the seasons of suffering. Amen. Don't stop serving just because things aren't go. Oh, Lord have mercy. 
just because things aren't going the way you want it to go. But a true servant can serve in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the summer, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of trials. Here's the thing, the true test of your servitude. A lot of people show up at church, mm -hmm, but the real test is when you're going through. Because when you're going through, it shows you who you are and what you believe. And I thank God. Ha, hallelujah. For some of the things I've been through lately. Because the things I've been through lately has helped me to understand that I am a servant at heart. That God didn't do anything to me to cause me to say, well, I ain't showing up today. Or I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do for God. Y'all with me? And the enemy, the first thing he wants us to give up is our servitude to God. But the testing of your faith will show you how much of a servant you are. But watch this. You can't make it through the summers if you're not serving. But the next thing he says, he says, uh, a bondservant of God and of the what? Lord Jesus Christ. So here's what I discovered when I was teaching this class this semester. You know, this is our scripture that we use, you know, for our Bible study methods. I found out something. I can't really make it through the summers of life if I'm not serving, but not, here's the thing. But in order for me to serve God, I have to make Jesus Lord of my life. Here's the thing. Lordship means that he's in full control. Nothing else will take first Come on and help me. Because if I allow my circumstance to take first place, if I allow the situation to take first place, if I allow, amen, the trials that I've been going through to take first place, the doubt to take first place, amen, whatever it is to take first place in my life and in my heart and in my mind, I'm going to cave in under pressure. Do I have anybody? He says, James, doubting James, now believing James, a bondservant now of what? Of who? God and of what? The Lord Jesus Christ. Now, before he didn't call him Lord, he called him boy. He said, that's my brother. That's that boy over there. We grew up together. Amen. Before he didn't look at him as Lord. But now he sees him as Lord. There's something about Jesus. Come on, somebody. That you can accept him, but until you make him Lord, you got a different view of him. And when you got a different view of Jesus from lordship, it means that God, no matter what happens to me in this season, I'm not going to magnify my problem. I'm going to magnify my Lord. I'm going to put you as fir in first place in my life because my life belongs to you. And while I'm going through what I'm going through, I understand that you're still first place. Can I help you with something? The enemy wants first place in your life. The enemy wants you to put everything else in front of Jesus. But I find it interesting. That he writes at a time of persecution. He writes at a time of suffering. And while we're suffering, he says, Jesus 
will be my Lord. I'm trying to help somebody. Lordship means that you are no longer in control. You have to raise your hands and say, Father, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to put you in first place and I'm going to leave you in first place. But while you're in first place, guess what? I'm going to serve you. Oh, Lord, you've missed that. Look what he says next. He says to the 12 tribes who are dispersed abroad, greetings. Now, what he's saying here, he's, this is a salutation. And, and he says to the 12 tribes who are what? Dispersed. Now, he's writing to these Christians because at this particular time, they were being persecuted and they had to run to the hills. They had to get away from Nero because Nero was persecuting them. I don't know if you've ever been persecuted before. Amen. But I got a sneaky suspicion that I got a few folk around here who've been through some stuff. Anybody here been through some stuff? Amen. And what you'll find out as you're going through persecutions, you can still have joy. Look at the next verse. He says, I want you to what? Now, consider it all what? Now, here's a strange thing. I don't see joy in what I'm going through, right? Now, I'm not just making this stuff up, right? Like, but seriously, I didn't catch verse one until recently that I got to keep serving. And I got to make him Lord. Because if I'm not serving him, I'm serving something. And if it's not him, then guess what? Then I'm going to miss the mark because whatever that is, it won't be able to help me through this. So as I keep him as Lord of my life, I can consider it all what? All what? Joy. Now, let me give you this word here. This word consider. The word consider in the Greek, uh, some people think it's to think, and it does mean to think, but that's not the true meaning of the word. So the word consider, write this down for a minute. You ready? It means chief. Mm-hmm. Some Bibles translated as count. Chief, count, governor. The word also means governor. All right? Watch this now. It also means leader. So let's 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 give me back those words real quick. Somebody. Chief. All right. He says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter what? Various trials. So if it reads like this in the Hebrew, in the Greek, it'll read like, chief it all joy. <laughs> Lead it all joy. Right? What else? Govern, what does a governor do? He leads. 
But the word also means to think. So I'm going to help you with something. You ready? He says, when you get into the summers of life, don't allow the problem to become more important than your Lord. In other words, what he's saying is, anything that takes chief place, Lord have mercy, anything that replaces Jesus as Lord, you with me? Becomes your Lord. But what we have to learn to do in trials is this. We have to learn how to think like a leader. That's what he's saying. In other words, he wants you to govern your thoughts. What does a governor do? Sets policies. Runs a city, right? And what he's saying is that in the midst of your trials, I want you, amen, to think like a leader. Because Jesus is Lord of your life. Don't allow your mind. Come on, help me. Because oftentimes, you ever have those, you you ever notice how we think the worst case scenario? Rather than the good case scenario? That's what he's trying to say. He says, in the midst of you dispersing, I want you to think like a leader. In other words, govern your thoughts. Don't allow your thoughts, the anxiousness and the situation to overpower you so much so, watch this, where you forget who's your Lord. Lord have mercy. Where you forget whom you've been serving. Oh, Lord have mercy. All this time. You see, I want to tell somebody something today. Everything you do for Christ will last. And so you may have been serving him and you may say, I haven't seen anything, Pastor. But you know where you see it? You see it in action when you're going through your trials. You get to see how much you've grown. You get to see how much you've learned. You get to see how much power God has. He says, I want you to consider it all joy, my brethren. When you encounter what? Various trials. And that word brethren is the word Adolphus. This is not for everybody. That word brethren means from the same womb. In other words, this will not work for the unbeliever, but it can work for the believer. And how many of you know that as long as you get, the moment you give your life to Jesus, you enter into a battle for your life. But I thank God that when the summers come, I'm not going to stop thinking, amen, like a leader. I'm not going to make my problem chief in my life. I'm not going to allow the trial, amen, to become more important than God. I know you got to handle the trial, but if you think through it, and oftentimes if you ever think about it, right, you ever notice how our minds cave in when we're on the trials? You ever notice how we think the worst rather than think the best? But Paul, James is saying to the believers, he's saying, listen, he says, I want you to not lose your mind. I want you to not allow the problem to become chief. 
And oftentimes we put the problem before God. And somebody here this morning, I'm talking to you right now. You, 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 you know, now it's time to take everything I've been teaching all year long and put it into practice. Push through in your mind. I find it interesting that the trial is won first in the mind. Lord have mercy. I'm going to say it one more time. The trial is first won in the mind. So here's my prayer. Lord, help me to govern my mind. Help me to think straight. Help me to think biblically. Help me to think in such a way that it brings glory to you. Listen, I see your faces this morning. (laughs) But I don't know what you're thinking. (laughs) And you say, Pastor, if you only know what I'm going through, I know what you're going through. But God knows what you're going through. And here's the other thing. But if you can change the way you think about it, tell your neighbor, change the way you think about that. Tell, Tell your neighbor, change the way you think about trials. Because look what he says next. He says, when you encounter what kind of trials? Now this word, have I done this? Have I told you about this before? This word various, it carries the idea of multicolor. Now I don't know about you, but have you ever seen uh, where where your light bill go from white to pink? Amen. And then you lie and say, I forgot to pay it. (laughs) But you really didn't have the money to pay it. Amen. You you ever been in that situation? You ever been in a situation where you go to your bank account and and there's a negative red? It's a negative red that you check it online. It's negative red. So here you are in the midst of your trials and you're surrounded by multicolor trials. Watch this. One, one situation is worse than the other situation. That situation is worse than that situation. That's it. The next situation trumps all of them. And you're sitting here saying, God, what do I do? God, why are you picking on me? God, see, now your thinking is changing. God says, I don't want you to think about the situation. I want you to think about me. I want you to keep me as Lord, but I want you to intensify your service to me because the more you serve me, the more you realize that I've already worked out what you're trying to figure out. Do I have a witness? And I know, I know God who can, I know God who can change things, but I thank God that those trials come not only to test me, But it comes to change me. It comes to change. You know what God is trying to do some of us in this room right now? In this church? He's trying to change your thinking. Trials changes you. But it changes the way you think. Amen. He says. He says. When you encounter what? Now now this word encounter. Means to fall into. Amen. To fall into but to fall around. 
So watch this. Some of you like, I was minding my business. Uh-huh. You, 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 ever, you ever get into somebody else's stuff? <clears throat> and all you want to do is pray for them. All you wanted to do was help them, but you fell into their trials. So as I'm going through my trial, I'm saying to myself, man, man, how can I get through this? I got to change the way I what? Think. I got to make sure I'm serving. I'm, I, I, I see myself as a servant, but watch this, watch this. But he's Lord. He's first. Right? Now watch this now. Look at verse 3. I can prove something here in verse 3. Knowing, why should I consider it all joy? So I want you to think about this, right? The last thing that happened to you if you responded with a spirit of joy, the outcome, the reason you could respond that way is because of what you know. See, this is why you have to keep a record of how you went through your last mess so that you can begin to understand how God operates in your life and how he brings you through. Because a lot of us are on a different levels of our faith. And as a result of that, we have to write down and document how God brings you through. So that the next time it happens, you see that word knowing? It means to recognize. So oftentimes when we're going through, you ready for this? We don't recognize that it's a test. <laughs> we think it's a punishment. We think, woe is me. We think, why me? <laughs> we think, oh, God is punishing me for what I did back then. But can I help somebody with something? When you know what you know, and when you become familiar with how God works with you, you will know that what you're going through right now, you ready for this? Is just a test. Tell your neighbor, it's just a test. It's just a test. I'm going to say it one more time. It's just a test. And you know what I found out by myself? I get a little nervous taking tests. I do. I kind of start thinking too much. I start getting a little, my palms start getting sweaty. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I, I know the answers, but I doubt myself so much so that I end up doing okay rather than doing great. So what I had to learn to do, <laughs> I had to learn how to relax, how to have a, a relaxed mental attitude while I'm being tested so that the outcome will not just be good enough, <laughs> but it will be great. I don't want to pass with a C. I don't want to pass with a B. I want an A+. Plus. Do I have anybody? And somebody here, I want to tell you something. What you're going through right now, you've been through it before. But the question is, 
are you going to pass the test this time or are you just going to barely make it in? Some people are just happy with just getting a passing grade. But do you want to ace this? Let me see. Do you want to ace this test? Tell your neighbor, I'm going to ace this test. I'm going to ace this test. You know why? Because I already have the answer sheet. <laughs> I wish I had somebody. I'm going to say it one more time. I already have the what? The and the answer sheet is right here. He says, knowing this. Oh, it's a test. It's a test of what? Of what? My faith is being tested. Tell your neighbor, oh, my faith is being tested. Why is my faith being tested right now? Because I've been through this before. And God is getting ready in the summer of life to send me on vacation. Because knowing this, that the testing of my faith produces what? Hey, and that word endurance means patience. In other words, God is trying, allowing me to go through what I'm going through so that I can develop some what? Patience. Oh, it's for patience? Yes, because the Bible says they that wait upon the Lord. Ha, I wish I had somebody. He says he will give them new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get weary. And I thank God that I need some eagle strength to make it through what I'm going through. Yeah, I may not see my way out, but I'm not looking for my way out. What I'm doing is I'm focusing on him. I'm holding on to my thoughts I'm holding on to my mind because my mind can play tricks on me. My mind can get me to believe that I'm about to be broke. My mind can get me to believe that everything is not going to be okay. I know what you're saying, Pastor, but God wants to strengthen your faith so that you can have the patience to wait on him. I thank God this morning. That weeping may endure for a night. I don't know about y'all. But joy is going to come. Why is joy going to come? Because after I've been tested. Hallelujah. I'm going to get my grade. And after I get my grade. Guess what? I'm going to graduate. Do I have anybody in here? That's ready to graduate. In your faith. You can walk across the stage of your Christian life and say, I got my diploma. Listen, I'm no longer a sophomore. I'm a senior now. And guess what? Next year, I'm moving on to graduate school. Do I have a witness? And I want to tell somebody here this morning, you got to hold on to God's unchanging hands. You got to believe in spite of what you see that the endurance that God will give you is what you need. He says, and let endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect, complete, lacking in what? Nothing. 
And the nothing is not things. Hallelujah. It's the virtues of the Christian life. Amen. And when you have the virtues of the Christian life, you will have everything. You can handle a million dollars. You can handle a new house. You can handle a new car. You can handle new things in life. Because God says you are mature now. Amen. Amen. And I can give you what you've been asking for. Do I have witness? And so all God is really trying to do today in in, in the summers of life. Is to prepare us so that we won't go lacking. Come on, you got to help me. You won't, listen, a lot of us won't trust him. Amen. And that's why we're going with lack. We're lacking things. Because we're not living by faith. I'm coming here this morning talking about faith. But look what he says next. And I know I got two minutes. So, so watch this now. So the next thing you're going to need in that, in that summer is patience. Okay? But look at verse 5. I got to close out with verse 5. This is a very interesting passage. I love, I love, I could preach this in my sleep. That's what he said. He said, but if any of you lacks what? Now here's the thing. Stop asking God to get you out. Stop asking God to do what you inevitably have to do. But ask for this. God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom, Lord. And what is wisdom? The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to make the right choice in the right situation. So that the outcome will come out right. (laughs) Or... Wisdom is the ability to make the right situ- right decision in wrong circumstances so that the outcome will come out better. <laughs> so here's the deal. What I really need is, I don't, Lord, don't give me no more money right now. I don't need no money. But give me the wisdom so I can make it through this. But I can't get wisdom if this is being governed by the circumstance. If my thinking is being all twisted under the circumstance, I can't be wise. See, I can't be wise. And listen, and let me just say this. Things will happen. And when they do, you say, God, please give me the wisdom that I need to make it through this. Give God a hand clap of praise.